Twiddlers 3. Hello, everyone. Good evening, Hi. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> How's everyone doing? Good? Yeah, fine. Well. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So, I'm in Rotterdam. Robin is in Almere. Uh, Steph. Uh, Lelystad. <laughs> even, even, <laughs> even smaller yeah. place. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you are in Portugal, Steph? Portugal. And Maya is in New Hampshire. Yeah, I'm in the US. Okay, nice. Okay. Technology these days. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this wild technology. Yeah. Absolutely. So, actually, I'm, um, we were just discussing what's going to be the topic. Um, we can just uh, throw in anything we, uh, we th think about in the knob twiddlers uh, field. Um, and uh, people who are watching this on YouTube, they can comment in the in the comments and say hi or um, um, you know ask questions to any one of us. And um, yeah, there's already one. Uh, Julian P says hello. Hello, Julian. Hello, hello Julian. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking do greetings like if they want to yeah. get their family and mother. <laughs> say hi to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, co congratulate grandmothers if they are it's their birthday or something like that. My birthday is tomorrow. Oh, oh really? really? Yeah, oh, 33 years old. Okay. Ah, thanks. <laughs> cool. Happy, happy, happy BD. I'm very excited nice one. about it. So, um, so Maya, you understand we have to discuss the Octa track. Oh <laughs> is gosh, your, is, your, is your is your name any any? Uh, does it have anything to do with the Octa track or? Is, is no, it, uh, I came up with that name in like 2005. So oh, years before okay. that came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've right, been using it for a very yeah. long time. Sue, sue them. Because the name I was using before was Maya fucking Bol uh, <laughs> Morrison <laughs> when I was doing like IDM stuff. And okay. I came up with Octa-Octa because I was studying linguistics. So I just like the two prefixes together. But yeah, it had right. nothing to do with the Octa-Track. And actually, I only use the Octa-Track for my live sets. I don't, I don't yeah, use them for at home. I use the MPC-1000 for all my sequencing at home. Okay. okay. So, but, you, you are, but you are a user then. You are an Octa-Track user. I am, but I had to like, because yeah. I was, because um, I started as a as a live performer for years. So I used mm. um, I used a laptop for years and like really cheap PC laptops. And I, I burned through all of them. I burned through like a early MacBook and like two or three PC laptops. So I was trying to get a hardware sequencer for my live set, like something that would feel more, I don't know, stable. I was bringing out the MPC, but I couldn't get my loops right on it. So. Mm. My friend mm -hmm. was doing, my friend Harold was doing uh, test run stuff, was like doing testing for Electron and understood it. So I just wrote him being like, I'd like to use an Octatrack, but it's, it's pretty simple. It's mostly for like loop playback of stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So that's what I, that's what I set it up as. It's, it's a really simple setup. I don't do anything fancy with it. It's just, it's, it's mostly, it's yeah. mostly for like one shots and playback stuff. And then all my but, other But if it works. Oh yeah. I mean, it you works. Know, if it great. works and it's fine, you know, yeah. Yeah, and all the all the, the time the stretching and stuff like that on it to get everything in there so that it can be an actual like proper, you know, I don't have to like start and stop it ever unless I hit stop by mistake, which I do often enough anyways. But <laughs> it's worked, I don't know, it's worked really, really well. And it's so much better mm -hmm. than the, the MPC-1000 was such a nightmare to try to get loops playing through it. Right, um, yeah. Especially yeah. longer, longer pieces, like produce pieces that I have in like four different sections for bringing things in and out. It was just a right. nightmare. So, I mean, the architect's does, been really flexible for all that stuff. 
Yeah, but has it also been uh, has it also proved to be more stable than a PC or? A, it um, has been so far. I'm on my second one, but I I blew out the first one because I left the C I left the like CF card in the back of it, and mm-hmm. then traveled with it. Oops. And I didn't have like I finally got like a nice Pelican case right before everything happened. So because I was supposed to go out and play more live shows, so I was just using like a nice like a canvas bag with a ton of foam in it. I left the card in it without thinking about it, and it got jammed, and it popped all the pins off in the back. Ooh, so I want my second one. But I will say that I, ne- I, even though I played with them quite a bit, like as long as I had like the tray on top of it to protect it and stuff like yeah. that, it seems like it's been fine. I wasn't having mm-hmm. nearly as many. I would have far more issues with the laptop than I did with the Octatrack. Right. I mean, it's a laptop yeah. in a box. It just feels a little bit hardier, and it can actually handle the the heat in the club for uh, an extended amount of time versus a laptop that feels like yeah. they overheat all the time. I used to put a fan on the bottom of my laptop with like a, yeah, like yeah. a USB to try to keep it cool. And it would work for like two hours during the sound check. And then as soon as the place got full, like I had th- three or four shows in a row like four years ago. I get like 20 minutes in my live set, it just all crash. And I'd be like, mm. I guess I'm oh, playing wow. tracks off the USB, yeah. like playing my own yeah. music off USB. That's <laughs> my backup. That's <laughs> terrible. I think it was my nightmare when I decided to go and play live. There's like two, two different, I've played live in, in, in kind of different setups, but I was thinking like, what, what's stable to be the main, the main, um, Mothership of the live show, and it was, mm-hmm. it's such a debate because, like, mm-hmm. a lot of people debate the stylistic point of view, like looking at somebody that plays from a laptop and yeah. looking at somebody that plays from uh, an Octatrack or an MPC or whatever you or whatever kind of sequencer. And I don't know whether that's for some people that seems to be disturbing when you're implementing the laptop. And then I look close, a close look at Ableton, I was like, but you know what, like, it. The, the amount of options on the fly that you can do mm-hmm. is probably more live than putting all your MIDI inside or your loops and then and play those. Like, there's no difference. I think people are just not very appealed by the side of the laptop, you know. Yeah, I would always just tell people when, because I, when I, I switched over to the full hardware setup, people be like, I love it that you don't have a laptop. I'd be like, that yeah. Octatrack is a laptop in a box. Like, the, yeah, 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 like yeah, let's yeah, not, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah, let's not kid ourselves. It's, it's, it's the same thing. It's just with the, seems, you know, a set of restraints, uh, constraints around it. Yeah. It seems to be that people kind of, I know those are the, I, I always call them the notebook ravers that people yeah. <laughs> yeah. stand aside and you go like, Oh my God, did you see that? You know? Right. And, and the reality, like, like I, I, the, I mean, if I've, Played live in different kind of setups, and when when we um, when we wrote um, uh, the last Virginia album for Oscar Tone, like we because she's a vocalist, and and we had to think about like how to bring song structure in a yeah. three piece band onto mm-hmm. onto stage, like like how do you how are you going to do that and and still be able to for her to stick to an original kind of song structure, so she knows when mm-hmm. to come in with her vocal lines. Uh, versus like how can you how can you make it organic and then i looked into the octatrack i looked into able uh, in, into ableton and into uh, the mpc and i was like well the good thing about ableton is that we could do a, a, a flawless transition an hour live without having to press s- start stop and right having a vocal live yeah. show <laughs> and taking out some of the pieces 
that were played live on the keyboard and and vocoder parts were live and and vocal doubles were live but some some drums and stuff they were they were from ableton but the good thing is we could actually make transitions between songs that were new songs because we put just put parts together mm, and then right. added on added on new 303 lines or whatever we thought fitted the tracks and then you would have little kind of intermezzos or transitions where there's a two three minute new song where nobody would sing and that would lead into a new song where she would right. sing and i th and i don't think any mm -hmm. other a piece of equipment would have been able to do that apart from ableton you know so yeah. I, I, fi I find it really difficult when yeah. people start to bash on on like oh it's not live because i think it's so it is so diverse that you can actually you know, use it in a completely different way, but the screen seems to be such a problem for for uh, the audience, for the it's critical not sexy. audience. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we were trying to do like we were looked at it, like studied it, and tried all different things, and uh, and uh, all the things we had to do to get everything tied into the octatrack. I'm like, I'm gonna go mental by yeah. the time the lights. And you don't have that much space with switching really. stuff over. Otherwise, exactly. you have to switch through program yeah. files. I I, I was yeah. able to get it down that I could keep everything without having to switch out program files in, in it. But I also like made things more seamless by like, I play something on the Octatrack and then yeah. I have like a, a bunch of Volcas and drum machines stuff. So then I do an improvised part and then bring some other parts of the Octatrack in and then go into the next track. So it's a, yeah. it's a constant back and forth to, to deal with the, um, not having like something like with live before when I could actually like, you know, kind of bring those those parts together more without so much menu diving and jumping from page exactly, to page. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, because it's a far it's a it's a far more it's a far more efficient way to play. Yeah. I think I think I mean I don't know, Joachim, if you relate to this, like I mean in the early days you probably didn't have the luxury of a laptop, so you had to make it happen. But yeah, now don't, don't even get me don't even get me started. Yeah. I <laughs> with I I toured with, uh, you know, like 16 channel mixing desks, you know, keyboard stands, you know, like shit, loads of outboard, uh, you know, drums. Same here. Samples. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when, 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 when I started, I had like yeah. 50 kilos of equipment with me. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 50 no, kilos, I, I, uh, you know, yeah, no exception. It, it was fun though, because the, it, it was, it's pretty much the old school way you know just have a, a bunch of gear and have all the separate outputs coming back on the mixing desk and that's where you basically uh, arrange your tracks so it's very similar to um uh, yeah to to ableton you can throw in uh, you know different parts and different things yeah. and replace you know sort of kind of mix songs together um but yeah i mean for in, as far as the octa track i've i'm using it for my setup as well live and I use it, I also use it in a very simple way. But um, as far as stability, um, I've had more problems with the Octatrack than my laptop, to be honest. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it does. It does. Um, you know, it's. I feel that it is sometimes sensitive to, um, you know, humidity or, um, or maybe uh, vibrations. I don't know what it is, but mm. um, you know, it has crept out on me a few times. But it's not like. The, it's not the main sound, you know, so it's it's more like I, I, I use it in step mode. So I basically program um, drums in addition to whatever else is happening. Um, so they are basically just accents and to, to be able to, you know, sort of give something a boost if if it starts becoming or not becoming boring. But whenever, whenever I feel like 
um, I want to take it into a more, you know, sort of energetic direction. I just add some drums, you know, that's, that's what I use it for mainly and for effects. So I the auxiliary that. sends on my, on my mixer, they go back into the octa track for effects and mm. got some effects change there, change there. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it replaced left a bit solid state makes the, makes a hell of a difference. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, mainly, I mean, um, you know, the thing is, with the live set is to put it together in such a way, whether it's hardware or software, that you have the flexibility to to interact, you know, very quickly. You have to really understand right. your your machine. It's basically your instrument, you know. So Yeah. Um yeah, yeah so whatever you use, um <laughs> that's the main thing. You know, as long as you can fit your ideas into uh, a setup that is flexible enough to react to whatever's going on in the room or uh, where you want to your your thing to go next, you know, and being stuck to a playlist, or um, if you are, even can change the tempo of something because your loops won't fit or something, you know, that's that's just a very annoying uh, limitation. Yeah, I think it depends on the style of the music as well. If you want to do like a, um, a very spontaneous type of techno that is is very. Um, improvised with a couple of layers that you have an opportunity to do lots of modulation and effects, mm. and it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't have to be within certain um, let, let's say within a structure of of known songs. Then you have so much freedom. You know, I can even imagine mm. just bringing a circle on stage and connecting everything, and it just mm. go and mm. and just see what yeah. every sequence does, and then. You know, if you if you would add loads of drumming, it it starts to happen. You know, and if you're just playing songs that people know, oh oh my God, he's or she's playing this, you know, and then you're like, there's recognition because you're playing a tune that people know from the record. Or if you're bringing whole a bunch of new material on stage, I think that's a little bit more less complicated. You know, if you can just say like, okay, I'm doing a live show and nobody knows what to expect. I mean, I've never done that, and that that's that for me is very. Um, that that's a that's a that's a goal that I want to reach at some point where you just go on stage and you don't know like maybe you set up a little little bit of a of a thing but then you just mm -hmm. go and see what happens and then I think you don't have to rely on a on on a laptop or or something uh, pre-programmed so much as you can just you know bring a couple of good machines that you know they're yeah. very hands-on you know yeah. There were there were a year a few years ago I like used to bring a notebook for my live sets that I would have a bunch of notes on it for for things. And I was talking to the my my friend who was throwing the party. I was like, yeah, the the notebook's pretty good. It has everything organized. But like I left it the other night by mistake and like had a like it was a little more spontaneous. It was actually really fun. And he just like closed the notebook and took it away. He's like, it sounds like you don't need the notebook. I was like. <laughs> Oh, I guess you're right. I don't okay. need. <laughs> I don't need it. Like everything was a lot more fun after that too, because it's just, it's like I have a bunch of stuff on there. It's like, but it's 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 you know, the 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 music that's that's you know in the sampler is four hours worth of music, and there's you know oh, it's typically yeah. like in you know like an hour and a half live set. So there's plenty of space so that it's still different. It would yeah. be different every single time. Plus all the yeah. improvising in between really made it a lot of fun. You know, yeah. playing live should in, should somehow be a dangerous thing. You know, there should right. be some an element of danger yeah. in it. You know, just to keep you on your toes yeah. and to yeah. push yourself to, you know, it shouldn't be too easy. If you know what I mean, right? Yeah, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I first yeah. started out, I was with you know just a laptop and a controller, and it was very much this is you know, t t 
12, 13 years ago, which is, it was very structured. And it's just like mm. over the years, slowly taking all that away so that it could actually, because it'd get boring, you know. But, but it, also, it, I understand it, people start somewhere. So sometimes people are like, I have a playlist. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, you got to see, <laughs> that's what you got to start like, with. Yeah, you got to exactly. start with when that. When you kick off and you do your first live show, I mean, and I think also it, it makes a difference. Like there are people in, uh, uh, like there are artists that only play live. So mm -hmm. it's like their hands are like so full, mm -hmm. you know, trained to, to um, maybe troubleshoot during a live show if something yeah. goes wrong or when it gets risky and i think like and and my yeah. think it's in, in our cases we combine it like dj and live and then it, it gets a little bit more complicated because you have to mm -hmm. divide your attention it's a shame sometimes i wish i'd say like okay let's you know do a year of only live because then you can deeply deeply explore the, the feeling of playing live and, oh, and, yeah, and you building get, the risk, you know. Yeah, you get tighter yeah. and tighter as yeah, it goes yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, when yeah. I would when I would just do a whole ton of live shows in a row, it would just it would be yeah. insane how it, like the last couple of shows would be because it's just it's just it's, you just get so yeah, used to it, you get all like, this muscle you, memory. Probably your last show, it's like oh yes, I'm finally there, <laughs> and, and then it's like the back to DJing one. for another two yeah, months. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a different vibe. That's a different vibe. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like uh, yeah. playing live a lot because um, it you know the in it used to be like more in in the early nineties it was more like a band kind of situation where you would do an album which would be your your thing for like a year you know that would be um, yeah. um, it would be something you had to kind of recreate or represent um, if you would do a live show you know and um, you know if you add to that the waiting times to get your record out you know you finish your record you spend like a you know a whole bunch of time to to make your album and then uh there comes this annoying long long wait uh before it's out and then after that you have to tour with it so you're already completely sick and tired of the music before you even go on the road <laughs> sure totally yeah, yeah. I've, yeah, yeah. I've had that as well yeah right <laughs> this might be an interesting question also for the people who are watching this like because like you're i've i've seen you play lowlands live and this is like it must have been mid 90s or something and i know that you had a whole set up can you remember that like the, the, does that ring a bell yeah this is like a long long time ago yeah of course i remember lowlands but i played there uh, yeah, several many, times, many times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but this is yeah. maybe maybe mid 90s or something but would you would you take out the whole uh, original setting that you wrote the um, the album with and take that on stage or would you even in those times like shrink it down and and try to use a sampler so it it, it was a little bit more easy for you to do a um a one person live show or how I've I've done I I've, I've done it both ways around so um mm -hmm. I have I've done live live shows which were basically a representation of the, the studio version so try to not to completely recreate, but, you know, use all, some of the samples you didn't use for the album or, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, just, just, well, you, know, you generate like an insane amount of stuff while, when you are writing a big project, you know, there's always things that didn't make mm -hmm. it or that, that are left over or kind of hidden and stuff. And, um, so from that whole sound that you are into at that moment, I've, I've done like modifications to it or, you know, versions that would work better in a, in a live environment, you know, so basically, mm -hmm. like you said, shrink it down and, and do that. But I've always also done one album, uh, the Loudboxer album was actually written uh, as a live show. Uh, so I started, um, I used two 
uh, Yamaha SU700s to play live. You know, they could only load one one track at the time, so I had two in a mix between mm -hmm. them. So I was loading one setting on you know one track on the on the on the first one, and then while I was playing the second one, it was like a whole bunch of work. But it was um, um, it was fun. And then you know I was I wrote all these these tracks just for the live show. You know, I didn't even intend to to do an album. It was just uh, you know that was my arsenal. You know, I built like a big arsenal of of, of music. Mm -hmm uh to play live and uh at some point i thought you know if i just stitch all these things together and uh, or i, I multi-track them and sort of um iron out the you know imperfections or whatever then um this could be an album so that's what I made that album you know it, it's all yeah. uh hardware samplers um that i played for for you know for years actually mm -hmm. um and then i put everything together as an album but by, by, by that time as well, I was quite fluent on these on these machines, you know, on this setup. So it was easy to uh, to record it. That's an, that's an amazing thing. If you release the album afterwards instead of playing the album that you've produced. Yeah, yeah, it was the other way around. That was the, yeah. that was at some point um, the idea, you know. Okay, I'm I'm creating all this music, and people have only ever seen it played live. Uh, logical conclusion why don't i do an album right <laughs> <laughs> otherwise i'm just sitting all that on all that stuff without um yeah. ever doing anything with it was wasn't that uh, that loud boxer album uh, one of the examples that uh, that's yeah ended up that way sorry that that uh, wasn't the the loud boxer album one of the the projects that ended up that way that, that you that you had like lots of music this big yeah, arsenal and then yeah everything that's on loud loud boxer was was first part of a live set that, um, that yeah. I did yes yeah exactly uh, let's see if there are any comments by the way people you can comment in the YouTube comments and uh, if we see something in the box you want us to talk about then we definitely will uh, let me see i saw something that connected to this um here ken oh that's interesting Ooh. okay go what, what, I, <laughs> what, what, I, what i what i always try to do when i mean i i also when i started doing this uh, uh i i started playing live I did that for many, many, many years, and then uh, for yeah. After that, I started doing the DJing thing a bit. But what I always try to do is uh, choose a good balance between uh, structured parts and room room for improvisation. And I think for everyone that's different. Uh, I think that there are people that that like to improvise everything. There are other people that that might have uh, liked to have a very structured set and so yeah a percentage of program parts versus yeah, improvisation name, name a percentage I, what i 33 <laughs> percent i don't think this uh, this likes a, a, a fixed percentage that that <laughs> that like works i i think that's different for everyone uh, I think what you need to do is uh, to to just find a, a, a good balance between room for improvisation and yeah uh, structured parts, uh, if you will. Uh, yeah, for 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 yourself, it uh, it depends what what you want and what you feel comfortable with. 
I mean, for I me, think. it worked. Out, it worked out. It was like fifty percent because it's like because okay. all my imp- all my improvised tools are 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 three three Volcas. So it's two Volca keys and a Volca FM. So okay, it's always mm-hmm. like I do half because then after I'm done the improvising, I'm like ah, that's you know that's kind of run its course. Start working on the next thing, and while that's going, I can start kind of since there's nothing saved on it, I can start kind of programming stuff in there and getting it ready and like listening to the key that the song's in so that I can have it, you know, start mm-hmm. building out a track out, out of that. And then just having that cycle's good. It's also good. It's just like when an improvised thing isn't working for me, it, you play it for two minutes and you're like, all right, let's, <laughs> let's go to something <laughs> that, that I know is at least going to be, you know, have yeah. a little more backbone to it than the thing I'm trying to right. twiddle out in front of, you know, <laughs> a few thousand yeah, people yeah, but, right but, now. <laughs> you can also but, just, but, you, can, you can also just pretend it was intentional. Like, sure, right? Because yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. it's, right? it's my weird bridge between these tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fair, to say, it's fair to say that, like, in the drumming lies the most um, freedom um to decide what you're gonna do like i like if you were i i like to bring in like a, a tr8 or tr8s so that you on the mic and decide like yeah this is night if the the vibe's going so you would add an mm-hmm. open hi-hat or a 16 shaker or whatever yeah. or, or you reprogram it or if you want to you know get like one of the guys who's very famous for clapping along like kink when he does the whole tick, 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 roll on the and and people like if if for for, for an audience that's stuff that gets gets people going if that's say that's the direction your life sets going um, unless you're going really experimental and and deep and it's not about any rhythmic elements but i, I like to say that that the, the drum elements are the ones that are very easy to play with that you don't have to program pre-program per se because it's right. very, if you're on a step, step sequence so it's very easy to on the fly get all the elements in and um just fade them in and get get it mm-hmm. going and you don't have to so you don't have to think so much about key it's nice if you know how to get your toms into the right frequency so that it sounds nice with your strings but that's, You'll yeah, find me yes. pitching stuff around and trying to listen really closely, yeah, or yeah, the yeah, off yeah, note that I hit on the thing. I like listen, like, no, that's wrong. Okay, that's the right one. There we go. <laughs> A single like yeah, wrong note just like blares out, and you're like, all right, no, no, a little yeah. bit closer. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I was just, yeah, but I, it's life, you know. It's it's mm-hmm. uh, it's okay. That's right. What totally. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's jazz, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's freeform. In a way, it's true. Yeah, I mean, the, um, it's it's highly comparable comparable to jazz. You know, basically, you sure. you set you set uh, you basically uh, set a scale and a and and a, you know a, a tempo, and then you just see where you go, see right. where you end up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, this. Um, um, Somebody's saying something. Yeah, so Jack, Jack, I'm gonna Jack, get Jack out of the frame again because uh, <laughs> Steffi is now. Uh, <laughs> 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 but make he talks me look about. Young, make me look, just block the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hello, Jack. He's uh, talking about the um, uh, the excitement fi- felt by the audience, and I think that's an important point. You know, if yeah. you if you make it too. Uh, pre-planned and to uh, yeah static you know yeah I mean it can still be enjoyable but if you really see somebody sweat over something and uh, you get these magic moments where everything all the parts click together and it's something completely new and unheard oh (laughs) everything is oops you're back (laughs) 
Hey, I'm back. You're back. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a performer, that's that's those are the most exciting exciting moments. You know, when you yeah. when you hit that sort of uh, magic moment when everything clicks together and and yeah, all the parts all... fall in their place. You know, and you can so see you that have, you can you typically to... see that feedback on the performer themselves as they start playing and seeing mm. them get more excited and and getting into what's exactly ha- what's and happening. It, it's always yeah. a feedback loop with that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's a bi-directional thing. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, that was all on playing live. There's also some studio uh, questions. I just, here we go. Unknown artist. Don't know this person. Um, anybody wrote music for film soundtracks or scores? Yes, I have. <laughs> Nice one. Uh, I'm even on the on the the, the IMDb database. I don't know if that's uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, but it's true actually. That's excellent. That's true. No, okay. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> there was another thing that we talked about. No, the, the <laughs> okay. Never mind. Uh, the, the the movie that I uh, uh, worked on was uh, like a like a little a little independent movie for for some uh, some guy in Amsterdam. But uh, yeah, I uh, I think it's a lot of fun to do. Absolutely. Oh, but can you uh, can you maybe? Um, I'm 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 probably the one that's actually asking the question instead of unknown artists. Um, like, do because I saw the other day I saw some, somebody saying like, oh, it's so nice to use Ableton 10. I, I don't use Ableton so much in the studio, but I'm 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 trying to keep up with with a lot of doors at the same time. And somebody was saying like, oh, it's nice to have the sound, the the, the visuals, and then to write the film music. It's nice to have the, the the sound and the images next to each other. Like, do you have a pref, uh, preference for for? Um, uh, for a certain program that makes it easier to get to get mm. a good flow going, because it's not that you write the music and then they like, oh, this is nice for the scene. I think you have a saying in this, no? Or uh, what? What I had is uh, uh, the. Uh, the director uh, 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 let me look in. You know when they when he filmed the the, the short film, and then uh, he uh, he discussed a little bit what what he was looking for, and of course he was very familiar with with what what I was doing music wise, and then uh, for certain scenes I just came up with ideas. I I sent it to him. And uh, then, then we both looked at at what he filmed and the music that I composed. And then we, uh, well, luckily I was uh, I was right, you know, I I, I had made the, the the right stuff. And then uh, I just fine tuned things a little bit, and then it ended up being uh, being used. But so no, what I'm trying to say is, like, do you have the scene in your computer? While yeah, most. Posing, you know, this, most this. Yeah, yeah, most doors let uh, you yes. import quicker yeah. movies. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah, get. Yeah, a, yeah. I've I've done uh, I've done a couple of these things too, and, and that's what I did with Ableton as well. Yeah, yeah you just uh-huh. throw in a QuickTime movie, and it re- it recognizes it's basically spread on a timeline as uh, the same way as an audio yeah. file, and yeah. um, you, you can mute the the audio if you want to, and then just start to build your own stuff underneath. But of course, what yeah. always happens 
when you send the music, they've, you know, they return a, a different version with a different, it's tiny edit and you have to redo the whole thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that happened to me as well once. Yeah. But I, uh, l luckily the guy that I worked with was, uh, yeah, he, he, uh, he didn't really edit stuff uh, like scenes and all uh, after I uh, I provided the music. Because if if a director edits, if a movie gets edited, then sometimes things need to be changed uh, again music-wise as well. But uh, I, I guess I was lucky regarding that. So yeah, yeah that's it. But that's it's the thing it's, with yeah yeah. Sorry, go on. Well, I want to say, yeah, that uh, I uh, I really like to do st stuff like uh, that. I I think it's a great thing to do out outside of you know what we what we normally do. I find it it's very a totally different. It's a totally different approach, you know, because um, yeah, there is always um, already a very tight frame or a direction, um, you know, uh, set before you. Um, I mean, you, you can interpret it in, in your own way. Otherwise, you know, th that's why probably the director has asked you to do the music. But um, hmm. the, I think for me, the, 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 when I worked on these things, the, the time restriction or the, you know, the actual length and the events happening within the, in the, in the image um, is um, you don't always have to uh, take direct cues, but sometimes you have to, you know, like when yeah. things happen in time. And uh, that can be a challenge, you know, to to get this kind of flowing right and uh, synchronized, not synchronized in a mm -hmm. in an absolute time sense, but synchronized in the, how the story develops. With, how, with, uh, with yeah. what happens uh, in in the yeah, yeah. in the movie, yeah, 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 for sure. And uh, normally we are used to taking center, you know, the 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 main role when we are musicians or DJs or whatever. Then uh, we basically have everything in our power to sort of project our sound, you know, onto an audience or to onto a recording. Mm -hmm. But you have yeah. to play with play with a whole different, um, you know, power or layer um, when you do music for anything visuals or you know, any, any, anything visual, you know, like an advert or a game or... Um, it's, it's like, like more that. a supporting role because the yeah, main exactly. thing, what it's yeah, about yeah. is what people yeah. see and not necessarily yeah, yeah, what yeah. people hear. So yeah. you have to yeah. leave your ego at home. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah correct. easy for everybody. Right? Delicate task. But there's, a, there's interesting because there's yeah. lots of people that are only writing music for film and they've never right. filmed yeah. Yeah, live yeah, yeah. or never never appear in a club or a festival or it's it's interesting how uh, yeah it's a it's a whole uh, different discipline different you know world. Yeah, yeah yeah I just had I just started doing music for a, a, a documentary they licensed a bunch of a bunch of my music but they wanted some like original material for things and the notes I've gotten so far are just so vague. They're just like, here's like a 20 second clip and we want like something ambient. It's like, okay. <laughs> oh, and, I'll try. Then, and then you it's came a look. Yeah, right. It's because I haven't gotten like full like clips or of, of like scenes. It's just like little tiny sections of it. Mm -hmm. it seems, it's, 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 it's been difficult trying to like think about it in a different way. Mm. Yeah. Do you find yeah. it? Where's your, uh, where's your difficulty in this case? Oh, I just don't know. Like, what what the particular it's it's they're like we want something like ambient but dancey it's like okay 
I think that's a very broad yeah, that's ask. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So not quite understanding when there's also some other people working on it, what, what you know, scenes before, scenes after, how that would fit in a, in a wider, you know, thing of like an episode, because yeah. it's like a documentary series. It's like in the, mm. within the structure of the episode, but it's, it's, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying something new. Yeah. <laughs> I finally have time to do it. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Well, yeah, dealing what's... with. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, no, what's, I was going to say. Oh, <laughs> delay, 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 delay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you first, Johan, go first. Yeah, on the, staying on this subject, um, um, dealing with the briefings is also a very challenging thing. If you're working with people who. Um, I mean, you. you Especially if you, you, I mean, we talk about um, mostly, um, you know, instrumental electronic music, right? And, mm. you know, it's, a, it's always a very um, interesting challenge to kind of get the briefing from the person who is briefing you the, mm. the, you know, the notes about how, what they want. I want something dark and uh, melancholic and um or you know even more abstract terms you know (laughs) and then you make something along those terms and it's no and i sent you a youtube link so no no it's and that's something completely different yeah Yeah, right (laughs) of course (laughs) right still mike's the most dark dark society yeah yeah exactly (laughs) what do you mean dark Yeah. yeah that's, no, but that's what I wanted to say as well. Communication is very, very important. Yeah, yeah like a constant mind. back and forth. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That yeah. makes sense. Cause, cause <laughs> then, and, and, and doesn't it depend on the like if if also if you have to deal with somebody that's very um, um, like for example the, the the one that's pitching for the music or the curates the music and asks you to do the music whether this is a very a wide informed person or somebody just heard your name and like oh that's the guy we need or the girl or, or or the person we need to get you know like depends sometimes you have to you're dealing with people and they want something of you and like have you actually heard what i'm doing sure right do you know what i'm saying like and sometimes it's like it's it's kind of like picked on the fact that you're happening at the moment or you have a hype or or a peak in your career and then they'll pick you and then if they look at listen to what you bring to the table they're like oh but we thought maybe like this or that you know that's also something that you could bump into like right when, when they're not really uh not sure what you're what you're doing yeah it, it, mm-hmm. it, it does make a difference absolutely or they want a yeah. copy of something that you've already oh right <laughs> let's go deep and talk about inspiration people all right (laughs) okay (laughs) inspiration Uh, for electronic making electronic music from other artists or um from based on background setting blah 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 yeah Yeah. um it's i get i I ask this question this question quite a lot to be honest you know where do you uh, get your inspiration um it it seems to be something which is very abstract to people who, who are not making music or create mm-hmm. or creators in in in, um, in other disciplines, you know. Um, and uh, it's certainly not from other people's. Well, not certainly. I wouldn't say certainly not from other people's music, but it doesn't uh, have to be in the music domain at all. You know, it can be from mm-hmm. anything. You know. Um, and uh, I must say, yeah, inspiration is a, is a very important thing because um, I see inspiration as 
not only uh, in the field of ideas, but also in, in the field of, um, uh, ooh, how do I, <laughs> I got myself stuck here, but um, it's not only, it's not only this abstract thing, you know, it can also be just uh, something that happens um, uh, when you didn't think you had inspiration at all. So if you set yourself to uh, work on something uh, without being massively inspired, um, you know, by, yeah. by, in, by engaging in the, in the process, you often um, stumble upon things which then in turn inspire you to go into a certain direction, yeah. you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah, it, uh, it's also, I think, a really important approach about uh, creating something is to get the circumstances right where things can happen, you know? I mean, if you sit behind a laptop and just wait for inspiration, you know, <laughs> it's not going to happen, you know what I mean? So if, if you, if you um, want to, you have to kind of set up... Um, um, the circumstances and with the circumstances I mean may, may maybe uh, you know uh, connect a bunch of machines that you think might be interesting you know uh, as a, a chain of, of, of instruments and um, uh, or like uh, if you work with modular it can be uh, you know idea for a patch you know like a, a system or something uh, it can be signal flow or it can be uh, you know combinations of how you know it can be yeah how contrast how you can get contrast going in something you know with pieces of gear that are maybe very different or might complement each other in in various ways uh, and from that um you know when you create something which um a setup or a technical circumstance which might surprise you you can always get inspiration from that you know you you start fooling around and all of a sudden it clicks and then off you go you know so yeah, um, it's not only only strictly strictly um, an abstract idea, you know. And you can invoke inspiration basically by setting things up in such a way that you know things interesting things can happen. What about you guys? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it, it's it's yeah. it's multi it has it has many facets of of um, many many things can happen. Like the most interesting. Thing I I uh, always wondered is like when you're younger and there's big composing artists like uh, uh, Prince and, and Nile Rodgers and stuff like so okay where did they where did they get their inspiration from and I I read Nile Rodgers' book and he said that Chic was a um, was actually a project that came together, and the and the inspiration they used was Kiss and Roxy music. It was a oh, fusion. Shit. It was supposed <laughs> to be a fusion of Kiss and Roxy music, and I thought that was so amazing. It's an amazing starting point. Yeah. <laughs> if you listen to, I, I, I mean, I, if you listen to Roxy music, if you listen to Kiss, and then you put Chic or or anything Chic related that they wrote in the middle, you like. And how exactly did they hear the overlap between between these two projects? And then later on in life, when I was producing, I was sometimes would think like, oh, you know, there's a certain type of sound you're trying to make. If that, like, just make it like I was I was um, telling you, Jochum, the other day when I arrived in Portugal because of the COVID situation, I packed up a, a, a suitcase of gear from my Berlin studio and opened it up mm. here and just started to do 
simple insert chains like, okay, I'm going to put my drum computer through a thread box. This is an effect box with uh, spring reverb and flanger chorus and, and delay, and then through a compressor and then through another thing and start to tweak around with this. And because that's a different signal flow than what I would normally do in the, in the studio, it, it got me some crazy things that I would normally not get by using my normal setup and i think it's a combination yeah. of something that you sure. want to reach like a goal that you have in your head that could be a point of inspiration or a mm. free fall like all right today i'm not gonna think about anything and just start or like what happens if i combine these two machines or in people that work with modular systems like looking for different signal flow and that all of a sudden gives you something that you know um, presses the button and you go like oh this is hot like I think I'm going to mm. put a beat or a hi-hat yeah. or something else or a string or I think it can it can be from all kinds of different uh, sources and I think whatever source it is it's always fine you know as mm, long as sure. you're happy with the result yeah, like yeah it's funny it's funny um, I agree yeah it's funny, how the, it's funny how the brain works because if you for example look at movies or, or uh, paintings or whatever uh, the things your brain picks out to uh, be the interesting thing about it might be completely different from what the other person uh, thinks about it. So in that sense, you can draw a lot of inspiration from other art, you know, like, uh, you know, the aesthetic of a certain painting or something, which is not musical at all, but you can also apply in a musical way. You know what I mean? Or yeah. um, mm -hmm. that kind of things. Yeah. And, and I, pulled, I, I pulled most of my my inspiration for everything by essentially trying to be like, uh, I mean, I've been doing electronic music since I was 15 years old, I'm about to be 33. So it's been a long time. And it's a, the, the approach I eventually <laughs> took. Yeah. Right. My life. And so it's it, essentially, it's just like, um, I've always seen myself as a mostly autobiographical artist where essentially it's just what happens to me every day, what I have to process, what I have to deal with in the public, what's going on in my life, relationships, family, et cetera, has always been the process for getting things done. And always has a kernel in there, even though we're talking about, you know, mostly instrumental music with you know, me not singing over it. But mm. that seems to have been my main point for like what I, every time I finished some piece of music, if it has something to do with my life or some processing that I've put through it to create that thing, that's always meant more at the end than just like a really cool track that's just like a banger. Like I'll yeah. have like you have like a banger at the, uh, that's the way I always look at it is like you have this like really cool club track at the end but I don't understand what that has to do with me or what's going on in my life and it's not necessarily like I I could go play to be functional but it wouldn't necessarily have any deeper meaning behind it for me personally playing it so I just don't put those things out it's yeah. just like that's always been the focus of focus of everything and as 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 my life has changed over the years of course the, the things have changed you know along with it or like the, mm. the very direct inspirations like i live out in a log cabin in the woods in new hampshire my past like three pieces of music have been based around how my life has been here versus when i was living in brooklyn or something okay interesting so so your surroundings do inspire you a lot when you write music like yeah i think so for sure mm. i think different yeah. surroundings different yeah places absolutely and settings for sure yeah, can, yeah. can do yeah, that yeah. 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 Also, with with traveling and DJing the water, like you know, you go don't go play for a while and then go play. That'll get me really excited to go back home and start working on something and thinking yeah. about something that had happened while I was on yeah. tour at some place. You know, it's it's all trying to be part of that. 
Yeah, I mean, it makes a big difference if you are in. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I'm trying to read the, the thing here. <laughs> yeah, somebody's um, asking you a question. Bunker in, a, in an urban environment. Um, um, yeah, I think this is, this is an interesting one. Hey, Dan. Hi, Dan. Do you know when, <laughs> when do you know how to, when to stop working on a track? When you know when it's done? When you don't want to work on it anymore. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 true. That's when it's done. <clears throat> working, working two weeks on just the hi-hat's not going to make that track any better. It's either it's either a good track or it isn't. That's what I think. In fact, you, you might you might have the chance to kill it. You know, if you if you yeah. stay you in there for too it. long. Yeah, it loses yeah, all yeah. this all the vibe that's supposed to be with it. You, it's done when it's done. Just set it aside. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you you lose the the feeling of the spark that initially set you set you to do this, uh, you know, go in this direction. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it needs to be there until uh, until the end. You know, as soon as you start to lose it, and to when you start focusing on details that don't really matter to convey the idea, you know, then uh, then it's time to stop. Yeah, definitely. And you can be unhappy with some things um, mm -hmm. in the track still. You oh, know, yeah. um, I mean, I've been trying to get better at just like mix downs since forever. I still, I'm still struggling with it all the time, but yeah, you know, I get it as close as I, as, as close as possible to what I can do with my abilities. And then it's like, that's, that's it. Let's go, mm. <laughs> let's go work on something else. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I don't have that. I can't, I can't totally change it around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Starting on something new is always easier than slaving over something. Uh, yeah, and you can always go is, back yeah. now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the yeah the magic of saving everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You just have to remember what version was the last one. Uh, yeah. Was it final or was it final X final or was it final uh, yeah, yeah, final yeah, yeah. X X oh. final three? No, it's the real final <laughs> yeah, done right, final. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something you have to learn. If you, it's a good tip actually. It's a really good producing advice. You know, just make sure you got a really uh, understandable uh, archiving method. You know, if you um, if you somehow end up with uh, you know all this shit on your desktop and you don't you don't know what, what what's what you know that's just really frustrating but um yeah my part my partner Eris, she um whenever she saves it she saves the date and the time of the of that version for it which okay. seemed to have worked really well i have just had like an i have like a notepad that it, like when i'm finishing the record to just put the file names in there so i remember it if i have to jump back but i only recently mm. started doing that i've lost so much stuff because because of bad file names I just render out every version that I do. So every saved version has an audio file associated to it. Yeah, that's usually yeah. how I go through things, you know. Right. So I've got. I, I'll just. I'll just throw everything in iTunes, you know, in the whatever mm -hmm. work in progress oh, or wow. wherever I put okay. it. And then um, I don't even go to the through the files, you know. I just go through the to through the music through how it sounds because that gives you the inst, you know, more most instant, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Imp impression of where you were with the track. So you, know, you, bounce, so. right. stereo, yeah. you bounce a stereo away for IF or something like this, and then you throw that in iTunes for your reference to listen to what you've done. Yeah, I, I, I'll keep the files on my hard drive, but also in iTunes just to have a, mm -hmm. a quick player, you know, so I can yeah. I can swap between them really quickly so I can hear the differences in, in, uh, in the mix decisions that I've done, you know. Um, like really quickly, you don't have to open up the whole sequencer, and you know. No, you uh, it, you, you just, just play the file. 
Yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then you can. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's really easy. Yeah, and 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 plus, you know, um, you don't get distracted by all the, you know, visual stuff in your in your sequencer mm. that might distract you. You can see, oh, that's where I use that, you know, EQ, or that's where, and then you start thinking about in in that domain again, you know, and it's best to to just op, you know just listen to how it sounds basically. What is when I'm listening to tracks and I think try not to look at the sequence it's going predicting and thinking things that are about to come versus just listening to the thing at the time it's like trying yeah. to like wall like don't look at the screen while trying to listen yeah, yeah, yeah. back to the thing so it's it's it's, it's not yeah. Um, yeah there's no like predictions coming with it. you can actually just listen to what the music is yeah yeah that's an interesting thing uh yeah that's maya Oh, Lucia. Hi, Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's see if there's anything else in here. So, actually, Sophia was asking a question. Eh, I think. In oh, the, sorry, I missed it. Okay. In the, oh, in the it's chat just a on question. The... There's one in the in the. In oh, here the we go. Yeah. Chat. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh there it is. is. Would you, would you let me see the process like for that track? Oh, that's easy. That's the that was the first like really straightforward dance song I made. It's on my first record. It came out in 2011. I was making lots of like IDM and breakcore before that. I was playing shows, and then I was in a I was in a band that was like a dance punk band at the same time also, and was having more fun doing the dance punk band than I was having playing a bunch of um, IDM and breakcore. <laughs> so I wrote that track, and then I played it at a show, and then everyone danced for years <laughs> so i just i don't know it made me write actually like slightly more straightforward dance music but the process behind that is so long ago it's, it's all written in ableton okay <laughs> so no no magic uh, to reveal behind that track no other than i mean it, it was it was like working in a new genre, essentially, was was the one thing that was really exciting. Is I was mm. going out and dancing. I was trying. I was playing lots of electronic music and wanted other people to dance too. And doing really spastic breakcore was not getting people <laughs> around me dancing. More of <laughs> just like kind of standing back, being like, "I mean, that sounds cool, but I don't know." And then I, I then I wrote that, and everyone was dancing. I was like, "There, there we go. That that's what I was waiting for." That's it. I guess the process was just trying something new. And then that just led me on to what I've been doing for the past ten years. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that can, you, that can, yeah. I mean, that's that's a that's often a, a recipe for um, something interesting. Just try something you haven't done before, right? That's uh, right. That's always always could end up disastrous, but <laughs> sure, <laughs> could be really nice too. It worked that time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but 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 often, if it's disastrous, uh, nobody knows. <laughs> right. <No. laughs> so yeah. And what is a disaster to you? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. What is a disaster to you might not be a disaster to yeah. anyone else, you know, or someone exactly. Else. Here is a um, something directed to Steph, ah. and it's hey. uh, it's almost impossible to not butcher this name. Yeah, but, I was uh, going to say the same. Yeah. Like, greetings <laughs> to uh, team. <laughs> 
Snack Niv. All right, okay. Well, it's not. It's actually no, it's not, not directed to, me, to Steffi. Actually, no, no, no. It's no. not a secret that I am uh, addicted to Circlon, but like, you, it's more to you guys what you're using as a sequencer. Well, but why do you like that sequencer so much? Well, I, I used to I used to um, uh, write uh, use um, Logic as the main sequencer, mm -hmm. and I I when I wrote my first album, it was. Um, for me, it felt like I needed to get, I needed to loosen up a little bit more. I was had to, I had a feeling I was trapped trapped too much into this, like playing the MIDI notes and moving. Yeah. It wasn't really. It wasn't really. Um, I mean, it did it did its job, and um, I'm not. I'm, I'm very thankful for uh, for the for the result of the first album. But I wanted to kind of like you know widen the horizon, and then somebody. Said, I think it was Fred P. I, I bumped into him at a at a party, and he I think he mentioned something like this: this new sequencer coming out. And I I went on YouTube, and Colin, who's actually um, um, the one that in, uh, invented the circle, he he made a sequencer called P3. Um, and then he was ready to launch the circle, and he had his had his fantastic Scottish. Uh, YouTube video of describing yes. this new sequence and I looked at it and I'm like, oh my God. I was like literally looking at the video going like, yes. Yes. <laughs> like, and then um, somebody said to me like, whoa, 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 you know, there's a massive waiting list. So actually the, I, we have two here. So the first one I actually grabbed off eBay. I went online and it was like, oh, forget about it. It's a waiting list. is very long, yada, yada. And and then I went on eBay and there was one for sale. And it's in the, I think it was in the U.S. or something. And I was like, oh, my God, it's there's one. And somebody said, like, if you want one, grab one. Because if you have to sign up with Colin, it takes a while. And mm -hmm. then um, I grabbed that one and had the CV Gate um, a breakout box with it. And it completely um, changed the way of working, uh, changed, changed the way of working and, and, and lose, using Logic as a multi-track recording mm. um, re yeah, um, device rather than trying to compose into Logic. So for me to go and do everything on, on, the, on the sequencer and on the steps, which mm. uh, gave me so much more freedom. It, in my head was like... It, it was like something was breaking open and able for me to write in a completely different way. And now it's it's a nice way of, of switching between the um, writing something in logic, writing it back into the uh, circle and then the other way around. For me, it was really necessary to make a next step into uh, in, into the world of producing music because I was I was a bit stuck the way I was writing so, it. So, so you mentioned you, you mentioned Logic. Have, are are you still in Logic or are you? You said you were in Ableton too, right? So what? Yeah, I'm it? in I'm in Ableton too, but I t I, I tend to um, like I, I I do work with uh, different people. Uh, I like to collaborate a lot, and then it's easy because most of the people write in Ableton, and and I um, I also uh, um, yeah do some teaching and stuff and, and the younger generation likes to write in Ableton but I tend to switch back to Logic because the, the uh, when I'm actually arranging I can see mm -hmm. it better you know how you can see your song mm -hmm. and you can actually see what's happening I just color code everything so I can also see the structure of the song especially when I work with vocals it's really nice for me and Ableton tends to be a little bit 
too small. But I don't have any any um, um, debate about like this sounds better or that because Ableton for me is an amazing tool for live and for for different things. And mm -hmm. but when I when I do like really like song structure based stuff, I I tend to fall back into Logic because it's just my safe space, I guess. You know, and it's 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 a bit more I can I can it's a bit more precise in the way it way I can see the the whole song than in Ableton. You know, it's a bit more difficult for me. But I think that's just you know like whether you like to ride a motorcycle or a sports bike or something. Yeah, yeah. both are, both are fun and both have yeah. their advance advantages and uh, and the negative sides. But like for me, it's just um, Logic seems to be more comfortable. Have so, you checked out yeah. uh, the Logic 10 or is it, yeah, Logic X 10.5? It was just released the other day. Mm. Like yesterday yeah, they, or the day before yesterday, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have, they've, they've got this um, uh, live loops in now, uh, in, in oh. there now, which, which is very, um, uh, it reminds me of, um, of Ableton a little bit. Basically, you can get... Um, I think yeah, they're vertical uh, rows of clips, which you which you can like in in. It's just the other way around in Ableton, you know. It's um, it's vertical, but they have uh, uh, these clips that you can combine, and then you can swap between scenes, basically just yeah. as in Ableton. And they they just keep looping, so you can you basically the sequencer holds. Um, it just plays this this row of clips, and then you can switch to the next one, and then the previous one, or randomly, or whatever. That was and a matter of time, uh, wasn't it? That, until they wanted to. Yeah, that's been a been a really pain in the ass issue for a long time. You know, dealing with audio in, in Logic. Um, that's yeah. actually why I left it. Um, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine yeah. because the the, the 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 speed of um, of um, the workflow, the speed of the workflow mm -hmm. in Ableton. I've, I've, I've worked, last week. I've worked in Ableton, and I'm just like, it's amazing. I mean, it's it's so fast, and and the way you flip a, a you flip a, um, a, a an audio sample, and 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 the processing, and and how easy that is instead of like having to say, okay, bounce in place, reverse, and stuff. Like it's so yeah. simple in Ableton, and I think the debate goes back where where the the warp uh, um, uh, quality was an issue, but now of course they've they've been they've been doing brilliant work. So I think it's just a matter of like what you use and what and 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 how you use it and, and uh, what you feel comfortable with. Yeah, and yeah. I think at some point they will meet in the mm. middle, and and and. I think and, so too. Absolutely. You know, and, and I think it's it's I it, it's amazing to know all of them. I would love to have the same knowledge as I have in Logic and Ableton and in um, in Pro Tools, for example, because especially when you work with a lot of different people or vocalists or, or uh, you know you implement other other um, artists into in your production world, it's nice to not having to say, oh, but I'm in Logic, you know. Oh, okay, well then forget about it, you know. Like it's it's nice to be, be able to bounce up files up and down. I've I've like actually, um, when I wrote music with uh, Martijn, it was a whole process in in um, in Logic via via Skype. You know, like this is like uh, maybe five, four, four or five years ago, and you know, it's nice to be able to do that with everybody. Just say like, oh, you're in Ableton, all right? Yeah. Just open that and be able to work with that as as, as fast as in as in Logic. I think that's that's. Um, yeah, I I would love to use the Circlon as the main main machine. You know, um, I've used it a, a bunch of times, and I, it's incredibly powerful. And the timing is 
rock solid and um, yeah it's a it's a really it's a really comprehensive machine um I, I for some time i had the idea okay i'm just going to get rid of the screen altogether and and just uh you know record everything using using that but um i mean to generate material you know to generate sequences and to to uh um get things done quickly because it's a pretty much like a tr type step sequencer you know although mm -hmm. it's way more way more advanced as a little um, bit of a, the feel of a 909 like exactly yeah big buttons. knobs yeah yeah. yeah 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 and 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 i mean he he has thought of so many things which i find very appealing in in this in a in a hardware sequencer if you want to put your computer aside and this has nothing to do with the fact that that a computer is a bad thing but sometimes when you're arranging or you're composing you can be too locked into uh okay so at 49 to what you're seeing instead of hearing in. yeah exactly and i think mm -hmm. like, I, personally when i'm when i'm programming something there's there's certain certain tricks that you know like oh it works if i do this or or uh, like i i like to quickly remove my uh, uh my uh, or, or move my claps from left to right and then you don't have to notch it or something you could mm -hmm. like bam bam and it, it it has a kind of a especially when you're starting a new song it has a has a lot of life feel to it because you're on the you're on the circle and you're typing it in and you're not like you're to, you're working in the instrument you know? yeah you're working the instruments and 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 you capture you press record you capture the uh, the uh, all the, the moment the, uh, info you capture it yeah. and keep on looping it you can just extend it and stuff so you don't have to mean like during the process of making a song you don't have to go back to the computer and say okay stop hold on oh oh shit mm. the clap is too much to the right or left or i need to quantize then and, and and i i felt i always had to go back to the computer to correct it and now on the circle like it's gonna bam 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 it's mm. on there and mm. it runs and it runs and you know and even with all your cc um uh, messages i'm not very good at that but so, you, if if you look at some people who are completely like layered with all the options of the circle you can just customize it so that it, it's almost like a it's it's almost like also like a midi interface that's completely yeah. assigned to all your um all your uh, uh, machines and 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 on the forum people are writing templates for certain uh, um uh, certain synthesizers or or, or uh, workstations and stuff and exchange that so it has a lot of depth where where you don't have to necessarily look at a screen if you want to you know step away from that working method for me that was very important and and, uh, and i when i saw that 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 triggered my enthusiasm and mm. and and also gave me instant results yeah i also um, think the um i've used a lot of hardware sequences in the in the in the past and you know like mpcs or even the alices you know um and uh, and before that, even things like Fast Tracker on on uh, on the Atari and stuff like that, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, to you know, I think the uh, chaining patterns type of songwriting is actually quite interesting because um, um, it's it's way more. You know, you basically make your scene, which is a which is a pattern, you know, and and then um, think about where it should go next and just focus on that little thing and then you you can keep adding stuff or you know and, and you know changing around um and then with the song already in mind you know you basically work in in stages of the yeah. of the track 
and it's a um, yeah pattern chaining is a is a really powerful way to to get something together because in, in a lot of doors you are are very drawn to the approach you know um and uh, ooh, yeah, are we you still here? Yeah, glitch, but you're back. Uh, okay, okay, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, the computer in, working in computers, you know, it's it's very easy to get drawn into the endless loop kind of thing, and then just maybe maybe mute or unmute stuff to come up with ideas for certain combinations. But if you write the whole thing as a pattern, um, then it's solid. It's there. You know, it's um, it's quicker yeah. in that way. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I that's that's I, I totally agree with what you're saying, and that that is something that I needed to have also to keep the fun into quick composing because I think mm. one of the mm. uh, one of the uh, very um, heavy things that I bumped into when I was first starting to make music is that like I, I, I had it cycled in a loop in the door and I was like oh I can't listen to it anymore whereas yeah you know, in on the step sequence, I can instantly instantly change it or say like, okay, what if this plays four times and that plays three times and one of the drum pattern changes here? Oh, do I like yeah. this? No. Okay. I, within a split second, I can mute it or or turn it off or just only you can you can change it. Yeah. Notes. Exactly. And then and you get a little bit of a feeling for a song within like a few um, minutes. Of, you know, you don't have to go all the way into the. Uh, into the composition to know if it works and and I for me that worked but you know having said that like I don't I I I don't like to go into any debate of like that's better than this or this I think it has to No I it's, think it's, 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 it's a, it depends what works feeling, for you, you know? yeah. exactly yeah like for example I have uh, you know I I have an analog rhythm here and analog rhythm with their latest updates you have a midi out from the sequencer oh, yeah. so uh and uh, analog rhythm is like like a TR909 style sequencer, yeah. which is uh, very powerful because you also can send CC data and all that kind of stuff yeah. and make a song structure. But now that it has MIDI out uh, and I can control external equipment, yeah, yeah that, I'm, 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 now, I'm now planning to, uh, to really dive into that and see, you know, what, uh, what, what, what happens in the coming weeks here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you wanna you wanna give all your, uh, but then but then then you're actually looking at a sequencer, and and also like a type of MIDI controller where everything kind of comes together, and and if you, uh, you yeah use a lot of, I, lot of hardware, then it's yeah. it's nice to have something that can hands on have all your men, instruments do the same thing, and and the beautiful thing about like. Um, um, with, with this, for me, with the circle sequence, and it probably is possible with any other sequencer now these days as well. Like it was a, like it was polyphonic, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. that that's actually cool because it's really beautiful to play with the timing. If you can just yeah. um, play. Hey, and, and, hey. I had to reset my router. I'm back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it seems to be working again. We thought your cabin, okay. your cabin was blown away by the wind. Like I mean, it was it's windy something. today, which is why I was like, oh, fuck. Is the wind going to make it so that we can't do it? Oh, my gosh. Anyways, hi. Hello. Hi. Hey there. <laughs> we were talking uh, sequences still. Yeah, sequences. Like a sequence. yeah, hardware, hardware sequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I think is I, I always like to state 
um, when, when you talk about equipment or about making music, uh, in the end of the day, it's all about personal taste. It's not right. about you should yeah. work with this. Absolutely. It seems to be, sometimes it seems to be a little bit like, oh, if it's not, if it's not analog, it's not good, or it's not this or that. And I think in the end of the day, like for, like for some people, they go like, I, I know loads of people that swear by Octatrack uh, or... Um, um, Which is fine, but you it, know, and, and I yeah. Think that it, but, like, if you look at it, you fall in love with it, yes or no, and it works, yes yeah. or no. And sometimes you look, you think you're gonna buy something, you're like, yes, and then you touch it, you go like, oh, mm. I cannot make yeah. friends with this yeah. machine. Pe people yeah, are too exactly. dog people really are too good, dogmatic really with it. Yeah, people, they're, 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 it's also it's also about budget sometimes, and it's just like yeah, yeah, some yeah, of these yeah, things yeah, are yeah. really expensive. Sure. Like, you can't do it if you're yeah, not using this. Yeah. It's like fuck off not everyone has like a couple thousand dollars to drop on some of these things yeah, like yeah. let them use what they yeah. want to use you'll eventually find yeah. point, Steffi, like, that um, you have to you have to be uh, in love with uh, a certain piece yeah. of gear yeah absolutely and you also like in real life uh, you know you you develop a relationship with a piece of mm -hmm. gear you know absolutely. yeah and um absolutely. yeah 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 definitely that's um and i it's i think um, some people are obsessed with like when a new plugin comes out and they go deep into the plugin they're like, like and 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 those have those people have a a, a sense of uh, programming and technology and the possibilities of, of uh, writing a virtual instrument i i ha i have a massive respect for people that can actually yeah. have the ability to write a virtual instrument based on um an, 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 an actual a physical instrument and, and know how to do it like software wise know how to you know make that ready and affordable for uh, for your door and, and and I think that's an art itself as well you know and some people are like yeah. okay that's not my world I need to have something in my hands and it's this or that that I like or sometimes people even debate about how tight the knob is but that's <laughs> probably a lifetime <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah have you ever sold um, anything what uh, that you regret selling? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like a Juno sixty with I was like, what the f was I thinking? Yeah. And, um, and I, I okay. sold okay. a, a, a mono, a monopoly, a cork monopoly, and I was like, oh, because I was just having a ah, can't be bothered. And then the other day, I was listening to some stuff, and I was like, that's the cork monopoly, and I was like. Mm -hmm. All right, well, and, and then it is what it is. And and, and yeah, I okay. Said, I said to you, Jochen, the other day, like the Jupiter Six, like I sold that. It was it was mm -hmm. doing nothing for me. Where you were like, oh my god, but what about the sequence and if you trigger it and all that? Yeah, the arpeggiator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, the arpeggiator. And I was like, yeah, I know. By the way, the I know, but it wasn't. It wasn't like. It, yeah, I yeah. was looking at it and it was just nothing was happening. And then right. I, for example, which is, has nothing to do with each other, but I, I, I took, I bought a pulse, pulse one, which is not like a, a poly synthesizer of any kind that is to be compared with the Jupiter six. And I started writing and I was like, this is instantly fell in love with it. And, I, and which one is that? If it works for you, then it's great. Right. So totally. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> oh I was, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah looking for a certain sound and I and then somebody says well, you've got this kind of sound but it doesn't do anything for me and mm -hmm. then the simple 350 yeah. second hand Waldorf Pulse and I was like 
oh my god and wrote loads of stuff with it loads 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 and it's yeah. it's a thing that you can fall back or or a yamaha dx200 which has all the, the dx7 yeah. and the dx100 in one box Great. So many, so many with, stuff. And, with knobs. With knobs. Right, with the knobs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because that that was one. I think uh, you know they they do the uh, electron. What's it called? The FM. Uh, Digitone. Digitone. Yeah, the they do it now. Yeah. And in in fact, the DX two hundred is a, a a predecessor of that because that was the I think yeah, the only synth with um, actual knobs on an FM interface or or, in, or an FM mm -hmm. on an FM yeah. synth, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah and it makes it so... It's very... I mean, to... of course, there's very few things that you can actually control with it, but compared to all the parameters that are available, but it makes it so much more fun to, to use it, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the thing that kind of scared me away. And, and see, what I'm saying is like the... the, the Nothing to do with with um, uh, a D but it's two different. Please say this to a pure. Oh, yeah. and then they would say like you're insane to sell that and then work with this. But that it, I think it's a, it's the outcome that's that's more important. You know, absolutely. Sometimes I think possibilities are too are really important. Like it's possible that you can do all this stuff with it, and it's like. But that's not important. I want functionality and to be out of it a little yeah. bit. Quicker. I mean, it's why I don't like. I have never really gotten modular stuff. It's like I how to do synth design. Uh, that's not for my brain. Like my brain sit in the possibilities to be created with this thing. I just want the you know, my core DW eight thousand or my my Alpha G. Like it's more straightforward to do right away. But that's, yeah. that's what I mean. It's just everyone's different with it. I just think always possibilities are. That seems like it's really important to people. Possible that it could do all these, or a couple things really well. I like that. Mm -mm. Yeah, I yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Infinite possibilities are uh, are uh, interesting, but not necessarily productive. You know. And it's uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but isn't that isn't that also like um, 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 if you're going Euro rack or modular or that kind of stuff? Um, I think that opens up a whole new door. Say this is your room, and then you find out there's another door, and you're yeah. walking into that, and there's a whole <laughs> new play field with people mm -hmm. that ne not necessarily compose music, but they are completely focused on, on, on synthesis and what you can do with it. Which is right. also, I'm, and it's very interesting. I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's not my world because I get right. lost and I will never return. Right, sure. Walking into <laughs> yeah, a yeah. forest Same, right. and, you're like, and you're like, bye, you know. Yeah. But like for some people and the stuff they know, I'm fascinated by it. I'm like, wow, okay, wild. This is wild. But not for me because it will get me too deep into stuff and it prevents me from writing music like and and i think yeah. i know it looks looks later was saying something in one of the earlier not twiddler sessions where he was like if you know what you want to do with a track like then you have to maybe limit it limit yourself from going left mm. or right so you stick onto the path if i yeah. put that correct right you guys talked mm. about it like and i think sometimes you, you can you can go if you if you if your purpose is writing a track or composing and arranging, then 
you should maybe not open a whole new uh, drawer of uh, like drawer of, of modular systems and start to plug in because then you're probably no true because then, then you can lose tomorrow. yourself and then yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so, so it's also like what what's your what's your goal like how fast would you like to have results at the end of the day to be honest I like uh, useless noodling on things. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> just plug something in, and uh, or or maybe even just do um, uh, you know just a really deep dive into something you feel you haven't fully explored yet. Mm. You know, without yeah. even without even planning on on making something out of it. You know, um, and just really really go deep and and try to explore the edges of of the machine. And um, of course, sometimes sometimes uh, a useful thing comes does come out of it and, right. and it's nice yeah. but it, if you start without that intention um <laughs> it is just uh, you know I, I can sit behind something for for hours and and just um, noodle around and and you know go in all kinds of directions and see where i can go you know and uh, do you record uh, that do you record yeah that well, uh, the record always. button is always on here yeah wow. <laughs> really. yeah that's cool yeah. that's something that yeah. i should have been doing my entire life <laughs> I've lost so much stuff where it's like oh, yeah. hours yeah. of playing. It's like, oh, that's cool. I got to make dinner. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> you come back and you lost it. Oh, oh yeah. I'll be like, I'll try to recreate that thing. It's all gone. It's all fucking gone. Idea, yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, came, I, came, I came here on the first day after, after uh, it was officially uh, known that we're going to have a lockdown. And I had this little chain set up and I started to them. I was like, Oh my God! If this is the vibe for the next month, I'm, I'm feeling it. So I run over to Virginia. I said, "Like, come and listen, because I've got, I, I have. This is, this is the new me." And I, and she's like, "Do you want to have me. dinner first? And I came back, and I was storing the pattern. And I did something wrong. I was completely gone. It was oh, right, oh, of course. It was a long time, oh, it was a long time okay. since I've not multi-tracked it. And then the, the, the feeling of losing something that for you was like a door opening, like, well, this is the new album. Boom. First yeah. track, done. And then came right. back. Yeah. <gasps> no, oh, no. Wow. Yeah. That's how that feels. I haven't had that for a long time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, the, the, that's the reason why I always record anything yeah. I do. You know, as soon as as soon as the the power switches are on and the, the sound starts coming out of the speakers, it's it's in record mode. Because yeah. the other the other side effect of that is that if you are just noodling around or setting things up or you know trying combinations, um, you are not in the in the mood or not not in the in the frame of mind uh, to necessarily make something useful, but very often I find that the recordings of those, um, you know, beginnings of sessions actually are very interesting useful. because you're, yeah. you are yeah. not thinking I, right. I should come up with something. You are just thinking, where can I go? Where can I take this sound or where can I take this synth or whatever? And, um, and the sort of unconscious playing around uh, on machines uh, very often yields very interesting results, you know? Uh, yeah. Without you even realizing it, if you go back to it and listen to it, it was wow, that's actually quite good, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, or quite useful, you know, or or a, a nice starting point or something like that, you know. Yeah. It can be so. Yeah, record everything, absolutely. <laughs> it's a great idea. Well, you always <laughs> <Yeah>. will <laughs> I'll start oh. doing that. Hey, but but what's the? I mean, there's it's. I mean. The, everything you use these days is has limited amount of limitless amount of uh, storage capacity. So right. you can always you can always bin it. You know, if you mm -hmm. think, oh, this is this was completely crap. yeah, true. You know, just delete and uh, and there you go. Um, 
yeah otherwise you get into the situations like Steffi just told told us about you know you think uh, oh this is amazing and then, and then it's and it's not there anymore you know yeah right it's frustrating yeah I, I tend to I tend to limit it myself also for do the opposite that you do Joachim is like to limit it myself and say like that helped me a lot like um, I see some uh, um, just starting producers and they're like oh but it's sometimes i can't hear it anymore i said well you have to mm -hmm. narrow the time frame with like, that you're working in like say okay I give myself an hour and if it doesn't fit yeah it's gone. Right. and i guess that's the opposite side of like endless recordings of tweaking that later on you can process into your own samples or implement mm. into songs or use for live or or loop or mm. whatever you know and i think the opposite is like sometimes for people to not drift off and, and get sick of their own music is it's like okay i do three gems a day and i limit myself yeah. to a certain amount of time for one gem multi-track it lock it in pack it away and then leave it to rest for a while and when i come back to it I, sometimes that's what i do as well I'm like oh wow okay was is yeah. that me or like and then you're very excited about something because it it wasn't played to death in your brain you know that's, mm -hmm. that's also a I'm yeah, you still keep the the spark of excitement if you yeah, if you don't uh, over process it. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, but uh, it's uh, I'm I'm using a lot of different gear, trying a lot of different things, but I'm also very impatient, you know. So I want to get something <laughs> <laughs> that I like, you know, very very quickly, and. Um, um yeah so it's it's always good to have a, a, a the arsenal of, of a lot of gear but you should never try to use everything at the same time or to to make it too complicated you know yeah. it's uh, right um yeah in that sense limiting yourself is uh is more productive it's than, a, than, it's, than it's, diving it's into the, the yeah the endless uh, oh, I think I'm. Am I back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you're back. Ah, okay. 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 <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, I think I made my point. Um, let's see if there are any. Uh, I see some questions in the chat. Oh, if you yeah, if you find something. Uh... Eric de Man, is that our Eric de Man? The yes. One, the one that we know. Hey. Oh, yeah. hey, I also yeah. saw that Sven Wittekind is here. Ooh. Sven Wittekind. Okay. Um, and Colin, of course, he was there. He was here in the beginning. Okay. Um, Here's a question about mm -hmm. how, how you arrange your tracks. I don't know if that's of any interest of anybody telling the secret of success. Arranging tracks? Of arranging tracks. Well, um, for me, I've never really been... Okay, there hey. Oh, yeah, Eric. Hey, Eric. Hey. <laughs> um, personally, I'm... I record everything in in um, in long takes. You know, I've I've always done stuff live. Basically, you know, I've, I've, uh, since the yeah since the beginning, I started making music. It was basically um, uh, a bunch of machines 
all the channels split out on a board and then just press start with everything in a loop and then mute and unmute things on the fly, you know, and, and use, use auxiliaries to send effects and stuff. More, more, very much like, you know, uh, how, how to make, a, how people make a dub mix, you know, like uh, um, just let things roll and then, um, yeah, just mute stuff and, and, and create like an arrangement on the fly, basically. And uh, I just record an half an hour or an hour or maybe even longer of that going on. And there's always this, this moment where there is a five or six or 10 minute section, which is basically which is already, yeah, yeah, which is already, you know, good. Yeah, it has, has a nice flow to it, you know. Um, and that might not even have all the sounds in it, you know, it might just be a stripped down version of what you started with. But um, in that way, your arrangement uh, develops uh, on the fly and naturally with a sort of flow in it. Uh, and to me, that is, like I said, I'm impatient. To me, that is a way more uh, exciting way to, to get to an arrangement than just to, you know, copy things around and repeating things. I'm very bad at that, you know. I'm, I'm really... Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's also um, very hard to break away from, from standard things that you have uh, kind of memorized or that are part of your workflow, you know. Let's start with an intro and then do like a, you know... A, put something else there and you know do you, you sort of uh everything be- starts to sound very intentional and mm-hmm. very uh, planned in that way you know rather than yeah uh <clears throat> free sort of developing freely you know so I, I i like to just record an hour or a long chunk of something and uh, let it basically um, uh, reveal itself you know how a track should be arranged but also, it depends on the, on the type of music that you're producing. Producing, like more or less. Like, yeah, I work. Of course, I work a lot with vocals as well um, mm. when I collaborate with Virginia, and that's a whole different way of of writing. And, that's true. Um, and uh, certain things that you know that needs. Um, for example, if you would write a vocal track, I don't know if this is of any interest, but like, there's things that you need to. Um, uh, look at like how are you going to un- introduce a first verse? How are you going to introduce a bridge? What like what, a, like more what, song structure? Yeah, yeah, it's very song structure based. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. and there's certain yeah. tricks, there's certain tricks in arrangement that can actually um, f- from like the transition from intro into the first verse. And how do yeah. you write this in a creative way that you can actually see like, oh, something's going to happen and boom, the first yeah. verse comes in. And right. why is it why is it a first verse and what plays when the first verse comes in? And what do you keep for a chorus? And, and, and sometimes you can't keep everything for a chorus because then the chorus is too busy. So you can write in a middle section where there are no vocals. And that I think that's for me, that's where um, making music starts also starts to get really interesting because you're... You have to deal with completely different um, things like this. In a way, it narrows you down, but I also find mm. that a, a massive challenge, the fact that you are are squeezed within a box because you're working with, like, you. it's much more pop song uh, structure. Yeah. And I, I, I love it. I love it because every time you're, like, sitting, like, oh, how can we make this work? And then finally you're, like... Right, what if we, you know, she has sung the whole part, but what if we pull it apart and this section is only there and then the chorus is actually this instead of the whole chunk and you have to play with this and this is also like really interesting um, 
way of working. And when you're doing instrumental stuff, you've got the free fall where, like Jochen, where you were saying, like you can you can just you try to make leave the mistake so that it's a very natural kind of flow and not just trying to say, okay, at 17 this needs to happen and a higher yeah. needs to come, yeah. and that gets a little boring, you know. And then <laughs> you know, and that's yeah. I think it's an interesting thing between like playing between these worlds. And 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 the limitations and the and the freedom and the and the freedom within the limitation actually you know like how to make that happen it's a massive challenge and it used to be my biggest nightmare arrangement my biggest nightmare I had about sixty loops throw them all out was like oh I don't know I don't know until somebody said like you have to bite through this whole thing of arranging and once you've done one it will pour out of you and it's actually true like then it starts to happen and you're getting confident you're like oh this is actually really really good fun you know because it's 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 making what you're saying Jochum, and it's like you you have to make sure that you don't repeat yourself but then mm -hmm. it also can sound like you and where is the where's the balance between the tricks that even that people recognize from you that you do and and um is that okay or is that not okay and how do you play with that spontaneous thing you know i find that it's very challenging for me i love it i hated it and now i love it yeah in ableton doing all pieces just always do library stuff you sounded like craftwork there no, <laughs> you were you were breaking up like <laughs> that was by choice. No, no, I just I, I always found it's it's really worked for me to do a lot of arrangements and stuff where I get lots of clips together okay. and then do and do a live arrangement for the first pass. The first pass or two is always copying in blocks of it because I just just and I wouldn't I would notice over the years like. I would always have like three minutes in it that would just kind of come intuitively with the live arrangement. But that that's that was the only thing that ever really worked for me versus like really playing it out because then it would feel super static. Yeah. Right. Yeah, live arrangements. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, yeah. And that's that's a, that, that's one of the mo the beautiful things about Ableton Live if you have recorded all your stuff and you can't do the live jam straight away because you want to work on your mix down you can just get it all in the loop section and then re-jam it with a controller i think it's right. one of the most forceful things yeah. in ableton that you can recreate your live setting and uh, if you if you if you don't want to do it on the big desk you can just do it um in the in the in the jam section in ableton, right which i think yeah. is one of the biggest biggest uh, things when that came out you know Patrick, this could be interesting. Does anybody That's an ever? Question. Does ever does does anybody ever use stem mastering? I don't. Uh, no. 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 No, me neither. We but right. Yeah. Well, I, in, doesn't doesn't it already kind of happen in your buses? I mean, you you use yeah. a, an analog desk, right? I mean, that's where, in in fact, that is the same as stem mastering, or you know, you, you kind of group things together. Yeah, you group things together, and uh, and you make sure that every group is um, sitting nicely with the other one. Yeah, kind, kind of, of. But I think there's a, yeah. there's people that I know that there are people that are actually 
um, specialized in STEM mastering and, mm -hmm. and take it all to a next level and, you know, make it make, you know, make it sound completely different. So I guess in a way, but like, I think what this person maybe is trying to say is like, if somebody like a, a, set, a person comes in before goes to mastering that actually puts it out and, and specializes on STEM mastering. I think that, uh, for example, um, Matthew Stiles does a lot of STEM mastering. He he was a, he's a very good uh, STEM mastering guy that did a lot of stuff in Berlin. Mm. But it's yeah, it's it. I think it depends on how much budget you have for your music to sound <laughs> right. Like ultra, yeah, but it's uh, you know. it's also part of the fun, you know, to to. Uh, to not you know to stop there basically and uh, mm -hmm. and and hand it over to somebody else i mean for me it's part mm -hmm. of the fun to 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 do the at the mixing stage you basically uh, already agreed that this is something you want to uh, finalize you know to yourself and mm -hmm. uh, and then it's uh, and then it's a lot of fun to see how you can you know push things a little bit further into make it sound sound better than it was uh, before you know so mm -hmm. um i mean final mastering of course you know that's um it's always good to have a second pair of ears who can kind of take it to the industry standard level of um, you know loudness and stuff um but um and also you you tend to sacrifice you tend to be more anal about not sacrificing things if you master things yourself you know because you you kind of are very proud of these little details that you uh that you put into the track and then uh if you master it yourself you might have the wrong mindset for actual the for the actual mastering job right so you you yeah. you kind of uh, work around these things that are valuable to you although they don't really matter in 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 the big scheme of things or don't matter in the uh, you know the, the power of the idea that you're trying to uh, convey you know and um, these things are only noticeable to yourself and not to anyone else who's going to hear the track you know so mastering in that sense is is like a it's like a, a second pair of ears, other person's perspective on right. the audio that you have created, and um, yeah. So in 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 fact, that I th I think that's a valuable stage in in um, in the creation of uh, something that you want to release. Um, but everything up to that point is something that I would like, you know, me in control of and not someone else. The one thing we've been doing recently at mm. home is is going through each stem since we we pressed everything to vinyl is going through and pulling out all the antiphase and yeah, in every, in yeah, every yeah. single yeah. channel before before we send it out so they don't mm. so they don't you won't get it back and you're like why does this sound so much more you know crunched all that stereo with is yeah. gone yeah yeah which, is, which has been really really nice we've been getting much back much nicer masters than you know previous years by by doing those yeah. things recently so can you repeat that again like what were like what is it that you're doing oh we're going through in each each audio channel and pulling out all the antiphase because it's not good for when yeah. you're pressing vinyl so I'm not trying to yeah. master it for vinyl but get it as prepared as possible to give over to yeah, the mastering yeah. engineer to so uh when they go uh, to press it and it's just made, yeah, did, our, it's made our mix sounds a lot better and a, yeah you, know, yeah, you get more, more yeah you get a more tight bottom end overall. right totally and you don't have to you know if you do that on the stereo uh file stereo um, uh, master um everything gets narrowed down like right because there are sitting right. in the same place yeah and if you do it individually in buses or in in even in individual tracks then uh you can leave stuff uh, more open 
uh, right. at, at points where it doesn't need the narrowing down, you know. Mm -hmm. So it, yeah, it does it does help a lot to get a tighter mix. Um, yeah, for sure, it's a, it's a good idea. My cat's trying to eat my. Get out of here! <laughs> oh yes, it's the covering cover table because my cat's like to all over right now. My cat's trying to pull the plastic off. He's gone. All right. Anyways. <laughs> oh, here's a specific question. What do you use for antiphase? Are you using a um, isotope or something? I've only been able to ability tool to kind of bring stuff in. Okay. And I forget what the other the other tool we've been we've been using the waves uh, the imager or whatever just to kind of shift stuff over the stereo imager. But much about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I the, mean, the, if it's it's the utility tools is really straight straightforward for just doing base mono and just kind of pulling mm -hmm. with down a little bit. It's not. It's, yeah, it's a, not a very technical. You you have two settings on it. But, yeah, um, it's pretty transparent. Yeah, the, um, uh, there's a few tools that are especially designed to to do that. You know, you have the isotope imager and uh, that's a, the isotope. And the, the yeah. Using. yeah, and there's this um, uh, FabFilter EQ Pro Q3 or something that also lets you narrow down certain frequency bands. You know, uh, you can EQ mids and sides and then everything separately. Mm -hmm. So that's a good one to um, to narrow down base to. Um, but it's basically just a technical uh, thing, you know. You just you hit you hit it once, and once it's there, it just doesn't have anything to do with listening, or um, not so much as uh, with treating sound for you know for sonic uh, experience. You know, it's more like a job you have to do. <laughs> I also think it's yeah. it's something that people don't. I don't know if you're if you're a beginning producer is not something you should be stressing out and paying a no. lot of attention to. You should be paying no, exactly. more attention to creative and learning stuff once. You know, like I've done that stuff for years, so now I'm really trying to learn this other side of it, and that's been a been a new tool and something something yeah. to learn. But I, I just, you know, don't worry about it too much if you're, if you're just trying to do your first record. <laughs> like, like no, exactly. Your uh, your skills in the end of the day, and I, I, right. and with and, and with um, YouTube and 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 the internet, it, it it's so nice that like lots of people that are. Um, Promoting these plugins um, or or the hardware or a version of it that they do a lot of um, tutorials and introductions how to use the uh, equipment and it's for people that aren't schooled and uh, not not studying SIE or BIM or whatever is mm -hmm. uh, like um, available then it's really it's really nice that in these modern times you can actually look at. Um, online teachings and, and people that promote the product that actually have very interesting things to say about how to use the plugin and how to troubleshoot certain things. I think anything is, is, is uh, pops up when you put your uh, problem into Google or in YouTube. Right. Music, music uh, production. And it will find a tutorial for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, you know, like if that was there 20 years ago, it would have saved me a lot of trouble. And then still, it doesn't hurt to find out. <laughs> It doesn't no, hurt to find out these things by yourself, though. I mean, you no, can watch yeah, tutorials. Yeah, no, I think it's a very important yeah. part of the process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can watch your, you can watch YouTube forever, finding out how you can do things. But uh, you might as well just stuck, get stuck in there and try, try things out. You know, that's uh, often um, 
much more productive. <laughs> no, I think that'll also give you more of a more of a mm. you know your own like fingerprint on the music that you're exactly. creating. If you're yeah, just yeah. if you should yeah. really do a, lots of self exploration before you ever start checking those things out. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. But what I'm yeah. saying is, like, if somebody um, um, starts has to learn about like okay how what type of compressor does what type of thing. Of course, you have to you have to start. I mean, I've. I just throw it on and half of the time I make ugly mistakes because I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. And that, oh, sure, me that too. <laughs> shapes the, that shapes the sound of the, of the music. But if you're, you know, if you have clashing frequencies and nobody, no friend of mine says like, Oh yeah, this sure. This is how you do it. And that like, sometimes you have to kind of find out like, so how do I, back in the day you would call somebody like, what can I do? And, and what are the options? And now there's the internet for people that are isolated or they don't have any friends that make music and there's a reference that at least you have a starting point of right. like um, how to deal with certain problems, you know, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, some of the, some of the best tracks come out of mistakes, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the lucky, sure. the lucky accident, sure. <laughs> the happy accidents, the happy yeah. accidents for sure. Here, I was going to ask you all, all of you about this, um, about treated rooms and monitoring, because that is something I get a lot of questions about, you know, um, what monitor should I get? Well, I haven't seen your room, so I don't know <laughs> what is going yeah. to be the most effective, you know. Um, but um, yeah, treating rooms, in, in, in my case here, it's, it's kind of treated, so it's... Uh, it's I call it hippie treatment, you know, it's like materials found around the building mm -hmm. made into base traps and it's nothing, there's nothing, um, you know, sort of off the shelf here. It's all sort of customized, customized DIY kind of approach. Um, and uh, I mean, the best judgment you can you can use really is is your ears, you know, you can have a, a room acoustically treated and spend like a uh, hundred grand on, on sort of modifying your yeah. box in a box kind of thing. Um, and uh, it might be scientifically accurate, but uh, you also have to have a good feeling about your room. You know, you need you need right. to, to inspire to, for me. Yeah, exactly. You I know, mean, it, it, room, you yeah. need if you. I, I personally can't stand studios which are completely dead. You know, which are oh yeah, yeah. Sort yeah. Of scientific. Yeah. Say, spend your money. Yeah. Else. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, exactly. really, go, go buy another cool synthesizer with a whole bunch yeah. of sound foam. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, the best thing I've ever gotten out of, out of you know, and with the room not being treated is I just listen to the file on different headphones or yeah. on a stereo on laptop speaker to it at yeah. different yeah. places. The difference, difference with it. I yeah, I mean, if you if you have a, an actual recording studio, if you record instruments and mic things, you know, it might be. I think it's a more important um, uh, part of the equation if, right. if that's if that's what you're doing. But if if you are just listening uh, and creating like we do with electronic music, I think the vibe uh, of your sound is um, is a lot more important than the scientific accuracy yeah. uh, compared to. Um, you know, uh, a designed room, you know? Right. Um, yeah, and, absolutely. Um, I mean, you, you spend, you spend like lots of your times there, you know? So, so you, you have to feel comfortable and in, in a dead room, you, I don't, I don't really feel it, feel it as much as when, when there's a little bit of a tail here and there from, 
certain yeah. frequency ranges, you know. I mean, it's it's important that you again you listen you listen to your room and you use your ears. If you if you uh, feel that you are getting a pleasant playback of whatever you are doing, um, even though there is a bit of reverb or there is a bit of a, a tail in the in the bottom end or whatever, um, as long as you if you get used to that, you you kind of tune your your hearing into that as well. So it it I, you know unless it's for very accurate mixing. Um, a room should just sound very pleasant and and like maya said you can always listen on other uh, systems you know to kind of see yeah. how it translates to to how people might be listening to it you know or um so also yeah, most think... most clubs when you're i mean what how many clubs are treated you know <laughs> you know the yeah, true spaces anyways mm -hmm. it's it's you, you yeah. don't that's want to whole, create that's boomy tracks, but well, there was actually a question before. So um, <laughs> let me look. Let me look that up because that was dealing about um, about this subject. Um, do oh, you change so, your sound? Oh, you spend I'm, a lot of money on, on on promo and bullshit, and then you walk into a club and it sounds like shit. It sounds like shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we have it all the time because. Eris and I are like our vinyl only DJs, and the, the the absolutely awful setups for feedback are just are just insane. Mm, like oh you yeah. show up and you're just like, did you ever want people to be able to play music in this booth? Like I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's also why people are coming here right now. It might be nice if it you know sounded a little bit better. I know these monitors. You've had them for twenty years. They sound like yeah. shit now. You should just replace them. That'd be nice. <laughs> That's a that's a topic that you can. I think we can do an eight hour. Oh right, no, I, that's not what this is about. Of course. <laughs> no, but I hear you. I yes. hear you. So what what are you using for monitoring? Which ones do you that which ones work for you? I have Yamaha H uh, HISs. All right. Just just the tops. Um, my partner Eris has the sub also, which we really like. I'm going to get one for the studio as well. These seem, mm. you know, they're not the greatest but they don't they don't cost a ton i got my pair for 400 they seem nice enough yeah um, they work I, they, they work I, well I for me yeah, yeah i have them as well yeah, i blew it. i blew yeah. one up but uh so it's sitting <laughs> yeah, on the right. shelf i'm but, very uh, worried yeah, about but, blowing mine up <laughs> yeah yeah well they're very basic compared to the i think they were kind of inspired on the ns10s but these ones are a load more you know there's lots more bass in these in these yeah. uh, yamahas um yeah they sound nice they they're very boomy they're actually have a quite a clubby sound mm -hmm. yeah yeah i, I personally i switched to mono between different sets you know i have a um a pair of pmc's mb2s and um an adam sub a 25 inch is it 25 yeah 25 inches it's massive it's really big <laughs> it sounds great but i, I switched <laughs> to yeah that's a big sub yeah i like i yeah. like the idea of that size sub that sounds nice <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean the 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 whole picture here is really from the very top to the very bottom, and it's it's all very uh, it's it's quite accurate. It's there is like I said, it's untreated, but it uh, you can basically hear all the subtle differences differences in uh, between synths and stuff. And Sometimes then I can you're switch. Sometimes you lucky with a room. Sometimes you're right. very lucky with a room. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, I think like, so. Yeah, you know. Well, I can I, mean, I can say that I'm quite lucky day, here is with room. There. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you have but to make it work. Yeah, also true. Yeah, yeah, true. I'm switching headphones, people, because uh, my my these are running out of batteries. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
I think it really depends. Like in Berlin, I had a guy coming in and he. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, but yeah, switching switching between yeah, monitors sorry. is uh, is a thing I, I always do to get the full picture. Yeah, makes sense. Hello. Yeah. Yes. You. There okay. we go. Yeah, that makes better. Okay. Good. Now I'm sitting here with these crappy ones. <laughs> <laughs> The uncomfortable um, DJ headphones. The squeezers. Yeah. <laughs> the, head, the, the head squeezers. <laughs> yeah. It's, fuck with your I was just going to say, like, in the, the, the studio I have in Berlin, I had, I had it um, treated uh, for a, uh, based on reflection and stuff. And mm -hmm. he kind of it's, it's, uh, left a lot of background uh, uh, noise for a reason. And it was easy for me to work with. And then, for example, here in Portugal... We haven't even been able to set something up, so it's really minimalistic. But then, in sometimes it's really annoying because you're leaning in one and one side of the room, and it sounds like your bass lines in key, and then you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> right. But, you, but I find that interesting because you know it, it's about making it happen, and sometimes you write stuff in very crappy circumstances and you look back and you're like oh wow great and sometimes you're in a in a perfectly treated room and it right. feels so perfect and you're like oh i'm not feeling the vibe i think that's every i think that people mm. have to find that out along the way like how much you need to make it perfect like for vocals yes of course it's nice when you've got a beautiful dry booth so you don't mm -hmm. have to you know, use any extra gear to to cut the vocals dry, and you and, and then they and, and, and but then you but you know if you talk you start talking about these things, then you have to talk about what kind of microphone you're using. So it's an endless tale of optimization, if that's an mm. English word. Actually. Yeah. And to, yeah, to optimize stuff, mm -hmm. how to imp improve your sound, and in the end of the day. Um, yeah, for creation, for for creation, if you're basically just if you're not recording and just monitoring. Uh, I think you, you should go for a vibey kind of sound yeah. in your room. Yeah. And yeah. for recording, you should, of course, use a booth or, you know, try yeah. to, to get as much yeah. uh, reverb from, from the room out of the equation. Uh, but for mixing, uh, a, a more accurate room is, is actually yeah, making the mixing easier. Yeah. yeah, you can, you can, yeah, true. You, in, in, a, true. in a good sounding room, it, the, the mixing down is a lot easier when, when you have uh, some kind of treatment, you know, yeah. it's not for, not for the writing, for writing, it doesn't really matter. But um, yeah, it's, uh, oh yes, studio headphones, that's another one. Would you recommend to use studio headphones? The DT9090 is, um, I've got that one. It's good. Hello, hello, Alex, by the way. <laughs> uh, um but there is a, another one which is a lot cheaper. Uh, it's the Sony MDR V6. It's um, you can still buy them like on the, the on, classical on, ones. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Buy them on and or um, shops. They don't carry them anymore. But there's there's a follow up. Just Google it. There's a something with seven. I think it's seven oh five something seven two oh five. I don't know. But it's a. It's like a hundred under one hundred euro headphones, and um, and they sound absolutely great, you know, for for producing music. If you want to check your mix on it, or I find the DT ninety nine DT nine ninety um, very harsh in the high, very um, um, you don't. I mean, the with some headphones, you you really have to blast them to to get to get a good sound, and blasting the DT, DT 
the biodynamic just gives me a headache, you know, and uh, it, you, you get a very accurate picture of what's going on in the mix. But at the same time, it doesn't have that, you know, speaker oomph or that club feel or whatever. Mm. And uh, the Sonys do. They they are, they uh, mm-hmm. you know, they, they actually sound like you're in the club, you know, it's uh, or in a, on a, or listening to a bigger system, at least not necessarily a club. But, yeah, it sounds it sounds more punchy and more. Uh, vibey then it's probably not as accurate but it's still very very capable of producing um sound that you can trust you know yes this uh, exactly the 7506 thank you scott <laughs> you mentioned it that's the mdr 7506 there the original one the v6 is out of um, production but those are those are good in, in my opinion what about you Got any favorites? Us or the? Oh, I, yeah, I, you, I you guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. Go, go, mm-hmm. go, 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 go. I'm using the Fogels, the Spirit Professionals. This one. Oh yeah. Okay, nice. And, uh, yeah. and I'm using them together with my. Uh, I have a, a couple of PMC monitors here, and uh, that combination for me uh, works. Yeah, works great. I mean, PMCs uh, for me they're they're very balanced, reveal a lot of detail. And in combination with this, it's yeah for me it's uh it's it it works really really well to switch uh, between them. Absolutely, of course. These all days uh, headphones, which are quite pricey, but for me it was a uh, uh, I bought them at a point in my life where I was traveling a lot between my my place in Berlin and in Portugal. So it was it's mm-hmm. very close to a, a studio setting, but you have to, yeah, you have to pay a lot of money. But like for my ears, I needed something that I, you know, I could really kind of like have like a very big sound kind of image. And um, I decided to put a lot of like invest a lot of money in that because at some point I didn't know where I was going to be like between Berlin mm-hmm. touring and Portugal. So that helped me a lot. But in the end of the day, I think it depends, all depends on budget and, 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 and trying them. Yeah, true. And then look, listen and, and in different, um, uh, setups and sometimes even using the, the DJ Sennheiser HD 25, just as a reference, because you, as, if you're DJing a lot, then you know yeah. that sounds because you're using that on a weekly basis. That's what I. That's what I. I use, yeah, and I know. I know the limitations of it. I've. I've. Of, I've yeah. produced on headphones for years, and in, in the worst way. I've done on urban ears and on earbuds <laughs> and shit, like the worst. I've made all the. I've made all terrible mistakes yeah. for years and years and years. But nobody. Nobody that buys your music uh, knows what. Yeah, they don't care. They're just it's, like. It's what you. What, right. What used to. Yeah, some people. I think the HD twenty fives are yeah. fine. I. I know they're not good. Mm-hmm. You know. You know what I mean. It's like. It's like that's why I, I also reference tracks on a whole whole ton of different things, and also use the yeah. the, the monitors just to try to get a feel because I know that there's tons of limitations in it. So Does I don't want to suggest any of them because I, nah. <laughs> all of my suggestions are bad suggestions. <laughs> no, I think no, I think actually, actually, you know what? I think um, using the 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 HD twenty fives as a reference because you use them for DJing a lot. At least right. you know what the bass does on those headphones is the same really, with speakers. if yeah. you know what the speaker does and how other music sounds on the speaker then that's that's a good reference i know people that mix it down in a professional studio and then they use a set of computer speakers next to a set of really high quality audio uh, uh, monitor, um, uh, studio monitors just 
just because they have that studio. If it sounds good on the computer speaker, then you know that. Yeah, like Auratones. Yeah. Like Auratones. Yeah, these yeah, small. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. No, I think and that's important. You yeah. want and to I sound. I think also it depends on, on what the, what the, you know, what is the, 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 where does your music need to go? Like these days, everybody has, like, loads of households have a sonal speaker. Mm. It might even, even be yeah. interesting. Of artificial stereo, stereo yeah. algorithms and stuff like that. So yeah. Right. It might yeah, even yeah, be yeah. interesting to, to, to <laughs> see how that sounds on, on that kind of speakers or, or whatever, you know, or on an iPhone or in a car or all that different kind of situations. You know? oh, I reference the iPhone speaker all the time just because I know that that's, or the, 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 the like Mac laptop speakers, just because I know that there's tons of people that are going to yeah. listen to it that mm. way yeah. and just like they're yeah, on the lowest you know the quote lowest quality <laughs> speakers to listen to it yeah, but it's it always been good sense. for references for you're like well the, the yeah. baseline i can't i can't hear it at all on this mm. which also then might trans typically i've noticed noticed that like that also will translate to certain clubs and certain sound systems where it's just like they're not all set up the same way with the same same you know speaker system so you've wanted yeah. to you want to be able to hear hear it yeah. on on a bunch of different systems or else it's definitely going to disappear yeah. for someone. And you're going to be like, that's the whole point of it. And it's like, well, maybe, but <laughs> you can't hear it. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. One thing about mixing on headphones, though, is um, you, miss the, you miss every bit of uh, acoustic um, effect, you know, because right. you are listening to speakers alone, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and just that. And um, listening on any other uh, system, which is not a headphone, a pair of headphones uh, gives you it always gives you some environmental um sound you know like uh you know even even on on laptops you know you you mm -hmm. it, it travels through the air a lot longer before it reaches your ears so um and especially very very short percussive sounds or you know can can be mistaken to be too low on on mixing yeah. on headphones right. like for example an example that everybody the sound that everybody knows like an 808 rim shot you know, yeah. if you have an 808 rim shot on your on your your headphones, and you you have no reverb on it or whatever, it's just just a dry one or any dry drum sound, any very short dry drum sound, um, or something of that type, it tends to uh, be mistaken for something that's way lower in the mix. And if you listen to yeah. it on on another system, it's oh what the fuck, did, how how did this get so loud? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 The same issue with strings. Strings on the headphones are difficult mm. for me to mix, and then strings on the monitors. Like, oh, oh, that's something completely different. Yeah, it's a bit. Sometimes you have to switch between the two of us, or I think it's all a matter of like how you feel comfortable or in the situation that you are. Sometimes you haven't got the right setting because you're somewhere else or traveling, or some people that work constantly work in the same studio have a. Might probably a much faster way of getting to know the sound and knowing what certain frequencies do in that mm -hmm. room. And yeah, we're getting close to two hours, people. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah, gezelligheid kent geen tijd. How do you, how do you translate that in English then? Yeah, yeah, that's that's your job. Co coziness doesn't know time, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is uh, are there any um things um that you want to throw in still um i must say uh, this is an admin thing we are going to experiment with something uh, new today uh actually picked up the idea from colin colin benders um we will have um there will be an after after knob twiddlers hangout kind of thing in uh discord 
and uh, somewhere there will be a link i think it's already in the in the comments or in the in description of the of the video so people who have more questions um then we can answer here or maybe people who did then didn't see their questions answered can go there after and i'll be there and uh, robin will be there maybe you want to join yeah it's on discord it's sort of like a chat you know so um we can see if um if we can create a community there um to talk uh with all of you um when we're not streaming basically so um and that's the admin break for so for now <laughs> uh, so yeah hope, hope to see you there i mean that would be nice um okay yeah. question directly to robin while we are still on the speaker subject uh, regarding speakers uh what i'm using the i was using the tb Two SA, which is the of the old series near fields, and then the biggest one that they had at the time. But if uh, if uh, Sophus is going, uh, you know, just just go to the PMC website now and have a look at the, they because they have a very big near field range right now uh, that are I assume that are all uh, yeah grain monitors. So just just have a look there, and I have them for like. 15 or 16 years already so the ones i have are are not made anymore mm. yeah that's also a thing i mean just sticking with a pair of monitors that you know really well is um, yeah is very often very effective you know if you swap them all the time you you, you have to spend a lot of time you need to with your monitors in, how they, yeah. in your room also to yeah exactly so the room and the monitors have a certain signature together and you have to get used to it uh, for at least a few months and also about you know the if your room allows it the placement of it can make a huge difference in how yeah. you perceive your your music so it might not be if there are something that you don't like about the sound, you know, just, you know, put, you know just move them around, you know, create a different um, um, position. And um, it's, just it's, keep, it's keep, very keep. much also personal preference. You know, yeah. uh, I, I, I really like the ones I have, but other people might not like the these very monitors. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so the the Hangout Discord thing is uh, is now posted. So if people want to okay. join up, yeah, if people want to join there, then uh, see you there later. <laughs> okay, so anybody okay. has some urgent things still, or should we just um, call it a day and meet some other time again? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I say, yeah. No, <laughs> Fantastic. The cat's in the background. Oh. I know. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I see your cat already there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's the one that's been chewing on the plastic. Okay, go okay. on then. Just another one, <laughs> one last subject: studio animals. <laughs> animals oh, in your studio. It's a not not a good idea. I'll tell no? you from no. <laughs> well, I I have a dog and um, um, she just it, lies on she like, just lies on the couch, you know. And, that's um, nice. The cat the cats yeah. like to climb up on everything. I have one of my oh, cats yeah. like to sit on my on my my DW eight thousand. And uh, but she doesn't like to be touched from like the front, and she was right mm -hmm. by the power switch, and I was leaning down to turn off the synth, and she scratched my face, and I was like, oh. "I wish I, 
I you wish always they be in here. You will always have plenty of um, good social media material, though. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Especially when I'm trying to record a mix and, and the cats yeah. are trying to climb on the mixer. I'm like, just don't touch the record. Just don't, please don't play with the record. I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. Okay, people. Well, I think that was really great. Really nice to see all of you. Yeah. And, um, great to see all of you as well. Thanks. Yeah. So uh, thanks Super. a lot. And thanks for the people who've uh, stayed. We were here with um, in the comments. And um, um, yeah, see you next week. Same time, same place. See you. Bye. All right. Ciao, Bye. ciao. Bye. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> ciao, ciao. <laughs>